0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fannick, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 503. Thanks for joining me once again. Great to have your company on the show. My name is Stephen Fannick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we go behind the scenes with Fox Sports and it's 4K coverage, and we'll be talking to Les Wigan, the Chief Technology Officer. The research that will show you why you need a dash cam, and we go through the latest 5G home broadband plans. In the Tech Guy reviews, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra. Sony has unveiled the LinkBuds S noise-cancelling earphones, and the LG Monitor, With a difference. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, I certainly love my sport, love watching Sport Live, love watching it on TV, and if you're a Foxtel customer, you can also watch 4K Sport. You can watch the NRL, the AFL, and Formula One, I believe, in 4K, and there are more sports to come. I was fortunate enough to be a guest of Fox Sports. Uh, a week and a half ago up at Magic Ground at Suncorp Stadium. I was able to take a look behind the scenes of the coverage and it was convenient, of course, because every match was played at Suncorp Stadium for Magic Ground. So all their equ- equipment was in one place, including all of their cameras, all, all of their broadcast trucks and all the talent as well that, that brings these pictures to your screen in such high quality. Uh, 4K, Foxtel uh, is one of the one of the leading uh, companies that that can offer 4K coverage of their sports. Uh, and we'll we'll have a chat with Les Wigan in a moment. But they do uh, they are one of the leaders when it comes just to the sheer amount of 4K coverage, but also the innovation that goes into bringing that production to your screen. And, and that all starts, of course, with the cameras. The a couple of their their own cameras they use is the Flying Fox, so that's a camera that's actually on a cable system that hovers above and behind the play, so it does give you, they often use that angle for replays, they, and also sometimes for the live action as well, they've also got the Rover, which is uh, basically a, a buggy with a camera on board, and that gives you that amazing tracking shots from ground level uh, and it also drives on the field in breaks of play and pre before uh, the halves and after the game, and that also provides a, a great look uh, from a from literally from a different angle. But then of course there's all the other the other tech that brings all of that together, including the operators, including all the other cameras around, and that's all piped into a truck that is then sent. Uh, there's all 24 cameras coming into one point, uh, the broadcast truck. And that's then all put together, and then what you see is the finished product. Them uh, choosing their different uh, cameras and different angles, and uh, and it's packaged beautifully for us sports fans at home if we don't happen to be at the game. So uh, there is it is an eye opener. The you take for granted that when you turn the TV on that your the live broadcast is there, but it really did give me an appreciation of what what sort of work, the level of work and talent that goes into bringing that. To all of our sports fans, and I'm talking not only for Fox, but also KO. A lot, a lot of uh, a lot of Fort Sports fans have got KO. KO has uh, up to high definition uh, sports coverage. If you're a Foxtel customer, then you can also enjoy the 4K coverage that I spoke about earlier. But there's no one better qualified to talk about it than Les Wigan. Hi, Les. Thanks for joining me on the Tech Guide podcast. Uh, I had the pleasure of being up in Brisbane for Magic Round and had also was uh, amazed to see behind the scenes about exactly what goes into the broadcast and, and particularly 4K. Now, you guys over there at Fox Sports, are really leading the world, aren't you, in 4K coverage of sport?
1: Yeah, no, it was good to catch up with you, Steve, and have the opportunity to take you through um, behind the scenes and what goes into delivering something like Magic Round and, you know, week in, week out, kind of um, OB broadcast. We've been investing pretty heavily um, along with our partners at NEP, our outside broadcast partners in 4K. And, uh, you know, I do think we we are, you know, starting to lead the world in 4K. We think it's a really important part of the premium Foxtel proposition, you know, aligned to the strategy that we've got around the IQ5 and being able to get that into people's homes via satellite or via IP. I've got an IQ5 at home, and you know I watch my 4K NRL and AFL um, via, via my kind of broadband at home, and it's, mm-hmm. you know it's a beautiful picture, and I've got a nice yeah. TV, so it works really well.
0: And we should mention it's not just NRL; it's in 4K. So, what are the sports you cover in 4K? So, it's NRL, AFL, is Formula One as well. We'll, we'll take us through. Yeah,
1: so every 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 practice and every um, every practice and qualifying of Formula One. Uh, we, last week, we did nine games of NRL and AFL. So, five of the games in um, Magic Rounds uh, for NRL and four games on AFL. And we're, we're really gradually just building up our capability to do more and more games in, in 4K. And it's just it's just a kind of rollout and a technology rollout piece that, uh, you know, working with all the stadiums to kind of on the connectivity and, um, and the infrastructure to make it happen. Because, as the name alludes to, it requires four four times the bandwidth and you know capacity to kind of make it happen so yeah it takes a little time but we're getting
0: there i had a had a look behind the scenes and yeah it's a quite a quite a task by a team of very talented people to uh, to bring that to your viewers but uh, i'm a, you, you you see the TVs that people are buying now not only are they 4k but they're also large screen sizes now so how it's really important isn't it to for them to be able to enjoy that full capabilities of their TVs Watching their sport,
1: hundred percent. And you know, there's a lot of technology, automation, AI, and data that goes into kind of making sure that when we're delivering these, delivering this over IP, in particular, that we're optimising the experience for consumers. There's a lot of networks, a lot of different parties involved, and so we have a lot of you know smarts in the background that optimises and move moves some different providers to make sure that you know it's getting to the end customer in in a in a seamless way. So. It's, it's not just the actual production itself, it's all the smart that sits behind it to kind of make it happen.
0: Now, I see that there's already the sports that we talked about, NRL, AFL, Formula One. Are there any other sports or other events on Fox that is going to be covered in 4K?
1: Well, we're working through that. We would like to extend it through to some you know, other tier one sports, you know, including the likes of you know, netball and so forth. And we're just, it's just a rollout kind of phase and making sure those stadiums where they play are connected. Uh, we certainly have the capacity and the ambition to do that. And so that's kind of planned for working through right now, actually. So I think stay tuned, but we're certainly, um, you know, the, the games that are at the larger stadiums, they have the infrastructure to support it. And then as you get to some of the smaller venues, Uh, they're great for fans and we love we love going there it just requires an upgrade of the infrastructure to make it happen.
0: Well let's talk about that so I think for my listeners it's not it's not just a matter of you pointing 4k cameras at the sport and then and beaming it out it's a lot more involved isn't it so you got to have to have you mentioned the infrastructure you you need to get the signal out so there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes isn't there?
1: Yeah there is I mean if you think about it you've got what they call in the industry the glass which you know our ob provider provides the the cameras then all the connectivity the cabling then you've actually got the 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 ob truck that kind of ingests all the content and then you've got uh the distribution between the stadiums back to what we call our hubs, um you know in in sydney and in um in melbourne and again that's kind of managed by nep that requires our current partner, Telstra, you know, to upgrade all of their connectivity stadiums and then it's all the infrastructure back at at Fox Sports, and then distributing it to kind of, you know, the consumer, you know, all the equipment and equipment, be it your satellite box or your um, IQ5 IP box or your IQ4 IP box. So everything needs to be upgraded and managed to kind of get it to the 4K TV. So, yeah, there's a bit involved.
0: And it's it's... It's obvious, too, that obviously 4K needs, uh, for the viewer, you need to have either satellite or broadband connection. So 4K, we could safely say, is only, can only be seen on pay TV right now. So it's nothing that we're going to see on free-to-air anytime soon, is it?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I'm not really sure how the free-to-airs manage their bandwidth, but it would require four times the bandwidth um, within, w- within how they deliver it. So it's very much a... Um, premium experience that we've got for, you know, the Foxtel customers, you know, that uh, are subscribing to our sports packages, you know, we will explore and look at whether we can do it over streaming to um, some of our other products, which, you know, you're, you're aware of, like such as KO, but there's no plans to do that in the short term, but certainly longer term, we'll, we'll be looking at that and what, what that
0: might look like. And the your, your customers, who would be fans of the game, are really responding to it, aren't they? Because the ratings have increased, so people are enjoying this high, this 4K coverage.
1: Uh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, if I was just to take NRL for an example, uh, you know, my recollection is our year-on-year ratings across uh, Foxtel and KO are up, you know, somewhere in the order of 14 to 15%. I think the average audience we're getting for a game is, you know, 425,000. And equally, we've seen uh, Formula One increase significantly. I think that's up, you know, year on year, another 10 or 15%. So I think, you know, both the quality of our production, you know, you've met, you know, the, the talent that sits behind the scenes that, you know, that consumers and, our, our, and our, our subscribers really engage with, and then bringing the technology and the experience such as 4K just to give it that premium, you know, take you closer to the ground uh, experience seems to be resonating quite well, and that's reflecting in the, ra- in the ratings for sure.
0: So what can we look forward to, Les? What's next? Do you, I think you, we were talking uh, up in Brisbane about Glass. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so our CEO um, announced uh, late last year the um, partnership uh, that we've gone into with Sky UK and Comcast in the US, which are now one company, a product called Sky Glass. Uh, that's really the next kind of generation of, you know, we see as an aggregation play. Um, in OTT. So what, what we understand, and I think everyone's been talking about this, is that consumers are now being barraged with lots and lots of different OTT uh, services. And there's a need so to kind of bring...
0: just can you explain OTT, what that means?
1: Sure. So over-the-top services okay. so, such as your Netflix, you know, we've yep. got KO, we've got Binge, you know, you've got the Paramount, you know, all of the different yep. services. Right. And one of the needs uh, for consumers is how do we bring that all together in a seamless experience? You know, you've got you've, you you got your TV providers trying to do it and other people trying to do it, but we, we want to use the Glass Experience, which is an off-the-shelf product, um, both a uh, puck and, and a TV, to really bring to life using our live content and, and aggregating those third-party kind of providers um, into, you know, making it a really nice experience for consumers. So it's something where... Focused on, and something we're looking to, you know, start building over the next twelve months, and hopefully bring something to consumers, uh, you know, early to probably probably mid next year is kind of the goal at this stage.
0: So what? So to to get it clear, so it's a it's a device or a TV with the with the technology built into it that brings in yep. all of those services, including your Foxtel channels, including your streaming services. Does doesn't the IQ5 already do that? Like, what's the difference with the with Glass?
1: Yeah, so Glass is really focused on, uh, it's it's really focused on, um, OTT services. So rather than, you know, Foxtel absolutely does that today and it does it in a, under a Foxtel brand. The majority of customers have satellite and so forth. Really what we're looking to do is make it probably the next stage of, you know, level of seamlessness and, you know, bring you a different UI, different experience. So some customers who currently subscribe to other third party apps are probably more attracted to this type of kind of device than, say, a traditional Foxtel device. And then we've got lots of our, our traditional customers who really like the Foxtel experience. So you'll have choice, quite frankly.
0: Okay, so would Glass, Glass wouldn't combine your all your Foxtel channels. Glass would just be all the OTT services, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So we've got, you know, KO, Binge, yep. uh, other third-party, other you know, we've got Flash, uh, our new service. And then it would then work with other third parties like your Netflixers and other people like Sky's doing in the UK to bring that all together as well
0: right and we can see that what next year is uh, when we'll see that or later this year
1: no it'll be next year it'll okay. be next year I'd middle, middle middle to late next year is what we're thinking about at the moment
0: exciting times ahead les appreciate you get, taking the time to talk to us today
1: great to talk to you as always Steve. thank you this is tech guide
0: with stephen Fennick. now There's some interesting research that's just surfaced about our habits behind the wheel, and in particular in car parks. This research was uncovered by Dashcam brand Nextbase. They actually commissioned the the research. And it found that one in five Australian drivers have hit a parked car in a car park. Now, car parks are notorious for uh, these incidents and the uh, amount of people who have had their cars struck and or who have done it uh, is, too, is too high, I think, too, too high for, for anybody. And it's 17% have been on the other side, so they've had their cars hit. So that's a pretty high number when you come to think about it. And one thing that it has highlighted is that uh, a dash cam can also help you in this situation. So, if you happen to be on the receiving end of this, say your car, someone's backed into your car in a car park, under normal circumstances, if you don't have a dash cam, you're relying you're on the, you're the, the trust of the other person who would leave their details. So, if you say someone backed into your car, I know, smashed your tail light, or dinged your, the, the panel of your car, you're relying on that person's honesty to then for them to leave a note and to explain the situation and then you can get them their insurance to pay for it but guess what that doesn't happen all the time and in fact it doesn't happen most of the time and so you need if you did have a dash cam in your car and the next base dash cams uh, and others have this feature it's parking mode so, how that works is once the car has been, once the dash cam has been installed in your car, it it, uh, it does then connect to the battery in your car. So, it's, it's usually a professional in- installation involved to have the parking mode on your particular brand of dash cam. Once it enters parking mode, it can keep an eye on things in the car park. So it's not just a dash cam obviously works while you're driving. It's your eyes and ears on the road. So if there is an incident, you, you're covered. Both front cameras, rear cameras, you're covered. But in the car park, you are also covered if your particular dash cam has this similar parking mode. And what that involves is that the sensors on board the dash cam can sense any kind of jolt that your car may experience, whether it's a shopping trolley hitting your car or another car, another vehicle hitting your car or a person, could be someone breaking into your car as well. That's another stat that 28% of Australians have had their cars broken into. So uh, that's another thing that a dash cam can help with as well. So if it detects any of those things, it creates a recording, it will record and Today's dash cams, which are high definition and some, a lot of them are now 4K, that offers enough resolution so that it the detail that you can actually zoom in on number plates and car makes and models for you to report that incident to your insurance company, and so it is well worth your investment to have this. A lot, of, a lot of people are saying that they do have a lot of peace of mind, 67% in fact. They say it'd make them more comfortable if they had a dash cam and 45% believe dash cams should be compulsory in, in vehicles. The study also showed that Australians would purchase a dash cam if it meant getting a discount on their car insurance, so you think about that. If it it kind of makes them safer in the, in their vehicle, so uh, some some insurance companies, not many, uh, are starting to recognise the fact that uh, having a dash cam makes you less of a risk. I guess, but uh, this is something that uh, is definitely the the number of customers who are uh, installing dash cams in their car is certainly growing. And from those stats, you can see that it could very well be something that protects you. And and if if there is some sort of incidental damage to your car in a car park, then you have video evidence of that, thanks to uh, having a dash cam with parking mode. So if you've ever needed any convincing that a dash cam would be a good idea, I hope this would be it. And of course, on the road while we're driving, how how dash cams work while we're driving, it it operates in a loop. So there's a, a micro SD card on board and it's constantly recording in 10 or 15 second clips and once the and in an under say you have an accident or there's some some serious jolt to the car, normally this creates a it, it, it tells the dashcam to place that file into another another library so that you can refer to it later. So if you have an accident, of course, that will be saved. That footage will be saved. The rest of the footage where nothing happened will just be continually recorded over. So as you reach the end of the memory card, it'll start again and and start recording over the previous material. But it does put, uh, if there is an accident or some kind of incident, the dash cams are sensitive enough to to put that video file. And the video, by the way, comes with GPS information, direction of travel, speed, all that information that police and insurance companies would require that is also embedded in the video as well as the gps as i said so your positioning speed Everything is there and of course being high resolution you can find a lot of detail including number plates, people's faces, street names, car makes and models uh, really important and in parking mode of course that all, similar thing happens where if there's something is detected a jolt or something moving your car bumping your car and some dash cams offer different sensitivities for that where if you it'll have to be a decent jolt for it to actually work there are settings for the, your particular dash cam, that then will save that file as well. So you're the you're always protected. Always watching is a dash cam, whether you're driving or park or parked in a car park. You want that sort of peace of mind and that sort of protection. So if you want to uh, check that out those details about the new dash cam research and you can see the next base a couple of the next base dash cams on our story too. If you want to check those out head over to techguide.com.au keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Vodafone has just released some new 5G plans for home broadband. So you're thinking about getting connected at home. You may not have the NBN, you may not want the NBN. You can now. Have a choice with Vodafone, and these are quite these are quite affordable plans. These are uh, they start at sixty dollars per month, and that price is if you're an existing Vodafone mobile customer. Otherwise, it's sixty five dollars a month. They uh, they include unlimited data, and it's basically just they send you a modem. You need to look up whether you're in the Vodafone five G footprint. And then you're able to uh, they'll they'll send you the modem and a SIM card and it's you're connected to the Vodafone 5G network. All the telcos require you to enter your address to make sure that you're getting the best quality of service here. So you you want to be in a 5G in their footprint for you to uh, have that this sort of service. Vodafone customers sixty starts at sixty bucks a month. And for that plan, you get unlimited data and speeds of up to 50 megabits per second. If you want to spend a little bit more, five dollars more, you go to 65 a month. That's for Vodafone mobile customers. 70 dollars for non-Vodafone mobile customers. And for that plan, you get unlimited data and speeds of up to 100 megabits per second. So it's worth the extra five bucks. An extra five bucks, you get twice the speed. So uh, that is, that is uh, really uh, interesting right there. But how do they compare, though, to Telstra and Optus? And by the way, the Vodafone plans that I just spoke about, first month free if you, uh, if you want to sign up. So Telstra, of course, and Optus have also have their own home broadband plans They actually had them before Vodafone. Vodafone were later to the party when it came to 5G coverage. Telstra, of course, went out headfirst and covered, they claimed to have more 5G than anyone else. Uh, Speed and coverage is debatable. Optus claimed to have the fastest. There was some research done that they had the fastest 5G, whereas Telstra, they had the widest or the most available 5G, so their footprint was larger than everyone else. Telstra's 5G home broadband plans are $85 a month, and that's with speeds of up to 600 megabits per second, and one terabyte of data. So there is no unlimited plan there, but a terabyte of data is a lot of data. You'd have to be watching some pretty long movies and streaming 24-7 to get close to that, but the... It's, it is 85 a month, which is significantly more expensive than Vodafone, but look at the speeds you're getting. You're getting up to 600 megabits per second. They reckon typical evening speeds is up, is more than 300 megabits per second, which is decent, better than the NBN, faster than the NBN. Optus, their 5G home broadband plans start at 79 a month for 100 megabits per second. Uh, and if you want to pay an extra ten dollars a month $89 for uncapped 5g speed so you're talking well over 100 megabits per second so uh, that, that's I think worth the extra 10 bucks you might get 300 400 whatever speeds you, you happen to get in your area uh, uncapped so you don't uh, you don't have to worry about the, the 79 plan is limited at 100 megabits per second so you'll've got a limit there but an extra $10, and it's uh, off the leash then, uncapped 5G speeds. And both of the Optus plans, I should mention, also include unlimited data. Telstra, one terabyte of data, I'd feel a bit more comfortable that said, unlimited. But Telstra, no. They, they, they appear to be the fastest. Optus have their uncapped speeds, which could very well be faster than Telstra, but it just depends where you live. There's a lot of factors that decide the speed of your 5G connection. So, again, ideal for those customers who maybe don't want the NBN, find it, are finding it difficult to get the NBN. They might be in like a rental situation and, and whatever factors that are involved that, that are preventing them from getting the NBN or they just simply don't want the NBN. They can, then, they can now tap into these 5G home broadband plans from the three major telcos. Now, Vodafone, Optus and Telstra are in the game if you want 5G home broadband and it works like like the NBN so you get the you, you still got a modem You've got a SIM card in that modem, so it's connecting to the cellular network, but that does also create a Wi-Fi network, so you get your Wi-Fi, and if you have a mesh network, a mesh Wi-Fi router, that will connect to this to their 5G modems as well, so you're still getting that benefit as well, so don't think that you have to have an NBN modem to have mesh Wi-Fi. That's not the case. It will work in the same way, so uh, don't let that hold you back. So yeah, 5G is around for, for customers, whether you're a Telstra customer, an Optus customer, or... A Vodafone customer, Vodafone, if you're an existing Vodafone mobile customer, you also get preferential treatment with a cheaper, slightly cheaper plant. But uh, if you want to see more detail about those, you know where to go. Check it out at techguide.com.au. Kicking off the reviews this week is the humongous Samsung Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra, and it reminds me of the scene in Crocodile Dundee, remember when they get out of the train station and uh, Crocodile Dundee's with with, uh, the, I'm trying to forget, remember the girl's name, but the, you know the scene I'm talking about where the guy pulls the knife and Crocodile Dundee says, ha ha, that's not a knife. Now that's a knife. So um, I think this is what applies. If you have the Galaxy Tab S8 tablet, it's a monster. It's 14.6 inches. So you could say, if there's someone near you, so that's not a tablet, this is a tablet, and then you pull out the Galaxy Tab S8, they will absolutely believe you. It's a big one. It's, uh, it is It uh, yeah, the, is uh, the latest product Samsung. What I like about them, they're really bold in their, their. They put these products out. You know, the they they put these great TVs out there. They produce the folding phones and all these great products. You know, portable projector you can take anywhere. And they're uh, they're not backward in coming forward. There, it's what I really like that. And this is uh, typical of that. It's the Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra, fourteen point six inch display. It's the biggest tablet they make. But it is also uh, quite a handy, a handy tablet as well because you can kind of use this as a laptop. It's, it's in that territory where you, you've got uh, that sort of screen real estate. You typically buy like a 13-inch or a 15-inch, 14-inch laptop. So it's in the ballpark. The 14.6-inch display, it's a super AMOLED 120Hz display, has a resolution of 2960 by 1848 and a colour depth of 16 million colours. Now, the first thing, of course, you you notice with this device is the just the sheer bloody size of it. It's 32.6 centimetres wide, 20.9 centimetres tall, yet just five point five millimeters thick very thin so uh it is as i said in the laptop ballpark in terms of size uh and one thing that you'll not, like the, the 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 build quality is is pretty good it is really good as a matter of fact and so even though it is just five point five millimeters thick it is not flimsy at all it really does still feel pretty sturdy so despite its supermodel thin dimensions, it is still a pretty solid device. So don't think this is just going to bend in half. It is, it is pretty solid. Now, we used it with the addition of the keyboard cover. That's how we reviewed it. I think on its own, it's a great tablet, but I think to really make use of it and to be more productive, I think I would recommend that at adding the keyboard cover so it has a back a back cover with a storage spot for the S pen which is included the S pen's included with the tablet and there's also a little kickstand on the rear on the rear panel also on for the, of the cover and then the, of course there's the keyboard which has full size keyboard even a nice decent sized trackpad as well for you to use this like a laptop so it's versatile in that regard because with these with this accessory it's a laptop take them off it's a tablet so it does give you that versatility whether you want to work whether you want to play uh, whether you want to watch some content whatever you want to do it does give you that versatility the the book keyboard cover is the actual name of that accessory purchased separately Uh, I'll talk about price a little bit later it ain't cheap neither is this tablet but uh, I thought I would just talk more about the device though and you're talking uh, here the it is under the hood you've got eight gig of RAM to up to 256 gig of internal storage and has does have a micro SD card slot if you want to expand that memory even further has of course Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connectivity as well as 5G connectivity that is also an option you can buy this as a Wi-Fi only with 128 gig of internal storage or you can choose 256 gig and also choose 5G connect, connectivity also Camera-wise, there's a 13-megapixel and 6-megapixel rear cameras, two front 12-megapixel cameras, so if you're into your video chats and video calls and video meetings, you're covered here with the front-facing cameras. It does have an in-screen fingerprint reader, so the the display has in-screen fingerprint and it, this worked like 95% of the time, not a problem. I, I programmed my thumb because I was holding the tablet in landscape mode and the fingerprint sensor happens to be on the right side when I mean when it's in that mode. And so I always had my right thumb as my fingerprint and it worked most of the time. But there were times where it just didn't work and I just had to tap in the, the passcode, but it worked most of the time. So it's pretty reliable right there. Now, another thing to understand, especially for those who are thinking, oh, this is my new laptop by the sounds of it, this is running Android. It's not running Windows. It's an Android tablet, and Android's fine. If you want to – there's browsers. You can use Gmail and Docs and all the Google portfolio of products as well as the Microsoft suite of applications. So if it's Word and PowerPoint or Docs and Gmail, you're covered – Uh, You're covered like a tarpaulin, as a matter of fact, so easily getting all your work done. Uh, It's not Windows, so there are some limitations, including the apps. Some apps not being optimised to the larger display. But the other advantage, too, with a screen of this size is you can split the screen. So you can have two apps running at the same time. That's a cool Android feature as well. And also, don't forget, there's also Samsung DeX. Now, this is accessible through the settings. It's not, an, it's not actually an app. You go into the advanced settings, activate Samsung DeX, and boom, you've got this Windows-esque environment with a more computer-like interface. I, I, I lo- use this mode most of all when I was using this as my daily driver. It did give me a sense that I was using com- a computer rather than a smartphone platform, which is still okay if you're happy with that. But I, I, I prefer Samsung DeX because it does feel like more of a computer. Uh, so yeah, I, I use that quite a lot because uh, I prefer that computer workspace that, uh, to get me through my day. Now, on the battery side, uh, Samsung's quoting up to eight hours if you're connected to the internet or up to 14 hours if you're just watching videos. Uh, I found that this easily got me through a whole day when I was using this as my my daily driver so writing my stories editing my website social media you name it I was watching videos it got me through the day no dramas just overnight charge I'm ready to go for the next day so it, it didn't let me down there even even had a lot of battery left even late at night so I was good there um, so that that's pretty cool also uh, now If you're already in the Samsung ecosystem, say that you own uh, a Galaxy phone, then this, it does marry up quite well. So there is a, you can mirror your phone, swap file. So it's really easy. Uh, There is also the the PC uh, sharing as well. So if you're a Windows user, you can link this to share files between them as well, a little bit like AirDrop from Apple. So this is kind of Samsung's version of that. If, if, you're, a, if you're a non-Samsung, if this is the only Samsung product you've got, then that's fine, it'll work well. It just won't, it won't play as, as nicely with your phone and with your other computers or whatever you happen to have, but still on its own can stand alone and do everything you ask it. Uh, so uh, very, uh, I was very impressed with that. Uh, as as I was with the build quality screen quality was fantastic I like went watching video content beautiful black levels and lovely natural bright warm colors and uh, it, it really was great also powerful enough too to run your games and, and, and even some of those higher end tasks look you're not you're not going to edit 8k video on this thing uh, or, or do really complex tasks on it but it is up for your basics it is up for you know you can do picture editing on it not a problem there's these other functionality whether it's it's you creating documents, editing documents, uh, can do that with ease. So it is, don't think this is the highest-end computer you can buy. It's not. It's a tablet for a start, but uh, it, it is quite capable nonetheless. Now, let's talk about the price. It's not cheap. It starts at 1799 bucks. That's the Wi-Fi-only 128-gig version. If you wanted to kick that up to 256 gig and add 5G, that takes your bill up to 2199 bucks. And that's not including the book cover keyboard. I should say, the book cover keyboard is excellent, has a great keyboard, trackpad, it's got the back panel as well, the cover, so it's got that which incorporates a kickstand and S Pen storage. That is an additional. 499 dollars. So that's an investment right there. And for that price, to be fair to everyone, you can buy a really good laptop for two and a half thousand dollars. What is it 227? Two, two, you can buy for 2.7k a really good laptop. But if that's what you want, you only get a laptop. And that's fine if that's all you want to do, But with the the Galaxy Tab Ultra, the Tab S8 Ultra, you do get the laptop, you do get a tablet, so it does give you that versatility. If you just want to sit the, if you want to take the keyboard off and just have the back cover with the kickstand, then it's great. You can just sit it on a surface, you're watching your content. Fantastic. If you want to add the keyboard, you can get to work and do other stuff. If you want to take the keyboard off and the cover back cover off and just hold it in your hand as a tablet, you've got that as well. A laptop doesn't quite, unless you buy a two-in-one, and even that's quite bulky compared to this, you, you, the, the same versatility just isn't there. But if you, are, if you want the versatility, then I think the Samsung tablet offers that. Uh, so, yeah, it is quite an investment, but it's not for everyone. If you're already in the Samsung ecosystem, if you're a Samsung fan, then I think you will really enjoy using the Galaxy Tab S8. If you want to read our complete review of the Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra, then check it out, techguide.com.au. Sony is at it again just a week ago. I think on last week's show, we were talking about the 1000XM5 noise-canceling headphones. You can read that review or not a report on Tech Guide. I haven't reviewed it yet, but you can find it all about it on Tech Guide. Well, this week, Sony uh, are at it again. They've just released their Link Buds S, which are the world's smallest and lightest noise-canceling high-res earphones. They weigh just 4.8 grams. And Sony are always big noting about their study of ear shapes and all the data they've got back going back to the 80s on, on ear shape. Uh, they say they've designed the LinkBuds S to match the shape of the human ear. So they'll sit inside and not only be comfortable, but also secure. So there's two boxes you have to tick comfortable. they sit in there nicely not too big not too small but also comfortable it's not not every pair of earphones are comfortable uh, but Sony reckons they've got that covered with these new link buds s they do look pretty ergonomic to me they look pretty cool and they have five millimeter drivers on board uh, but and again they using Sony's great audio technology there they've got a nice punchy sound, nice bass clear vocals. They've also got Sony's integrated processor V1 to improve noise cancellation and reduce distortion. So, end of the day, you're getting enhanced sound quality. Now, they also, of course, support high-res audio wireless, so that's without a cable, thanks to the LDAC audio coding technology that has now become something that's been adopted across the industry. It is, uh, it is remarkable. that Before, you used to have a cable to be able to enjoy high-res audio. Now, you can do it wirelessly. They also have the DSEE Extreme. This is kind of the sound upscaler, if you like. This can upscale your digital music files in real time, so you're hearing superior quality through these earphones. Now, Sony says the earphones offer... They want to have a never-off experience, so you can enjoy your content, your calls. So you basically don't take them off. You've got them on, and you can have if someone calls you, you can take the call. Call quality is also important here. So they've they've got they've got technology, that they can they can uh, angle in on your voice and pick up your voice. they got the it's called uh, voice pickup technology. So even if your hands are full, it's, it's actually handy if you can. Uh, you just start talking to someone, uh, and you can. You can the, the precise voice pickup uh, comes into play. That that's also speak to chat, which is another feature on the headphones. So you can have you start talking, musical cutout. It does use your, that voice pickup technology, the same technology it uses for the phone calls, and it allows you to hear the conversation quite clearly. Uh, It also, uh, on the noise cancelling side, of course, there are several microphones involved here, both inside and outside, that can uh, take and filter out. They can can hear the outside ambient sound and then filter that out quite nicely. And they also can switch between noise cancelling and ambient modes uh, automatically. So you don't you don't need to even touch the earphones it'll tell you it, it'll make the call for you when noise cancelling is appropriate or when ambient mode is appropriate as well like you might be on public transport and it can it, it can hear the outside noise but not sense that you're moving very much so it's it's thinking okay you're sitting down you're in a noisy place let's turn noise cancelling on Ambient mode might be, okay, there's all these outside noise, but you're moving a fair bit. You think, oh, okay, he, he must be exercising or she must be in the gym or uh, whatever, and it'll make that decision for you. You can also override that, of course, through the app and also on the eBuds, the, the LinkBuds S themselves. But it is just, just goes to show the intel, level of intelligence on board here. The LinkBuds S also include Google's fast pairing. So if you're an Android user... You'll get the, uh, you'll be able to use the instant pairing. So, similar to what an iPhone user will get when they pair a new pair of AirPods. On the screen, you'll see the display and it's like a one one touch connection. And you also get, if you're a Windows user, you want to pair into a Windows computer, you'll get the Swift pair, which is a similar experience whether you're using a Windows 11 or Windows 10 laptop, desktop, or tablet uh, there as well. Let's talk battery. The LinkBuds S will run for up to six hours with noise cancelling on, and there's another 14 hours in the charging case. And if you if you forget to charge them and you need to need to listen to something, or you might be going to the gym or run, a quick five minute charge gets you 20 minutes of playtime. So that's pretty good. The Sony LinkBuds S will be available in three colours: white and black, and E-Crew, am I pronouncing that correctly, which is a shade of beige, E c r u E-Crew is how I'm reading that, they could have just said beige, but they decided not to, uh, they'll be priced at $349.95, they're going to go on sale in late June, so in about a month, you'll be able to get your hands and your ears on the Sony Link Buds S, the world's smallest and lightest noise-cancelling high-res earphones. If you want to read more about these earphones, if you're a Sony fan, of course, head over to techguide.com.au. Let's switch gears to monitors now. And monitors are popular for people who work at home, who are... We want to be productive at home, uh, even if you're in an office, I guess. The uh, LG New Dual Up Ergo Monitor. This is a monitor with a difference. It has a totally different shape. It is basically two 21.5-inch displays placed on top of each other. So now your traditional monitor has a widescreen, similar to your television. Imagine a more, a squarer monitor size. So the dual up ergo monitor is 27.6 inches corner to corner, has a 16 by 18 aspect ratio, so has more of that square shape, uh, but you can double up the screen real estate. It has a QHD resolution of 2560 by 2880. So you're able to have two like it's like having two monitors sitting on top of each other so it's got a vertical split view so you can see more at a glance while keeping a single monitor footprint for you to get that normally i've got three monitors i've got set up right here but and they all taking up different space because they've got their own leg they've got their own stand everything's happening and with the new lg jeweler It's one footprint you've got. It's basically a clamp, so you can actually either uh, screw it into a desk or clamp it to the edge of a desk, so even less of a footprint, but it, it is like having a second story on your house. So it's got your one monitor and having the second level of monitor in one spot without having to sacrifice desk space either. Now, it is I mentioned it's like two monitors, one on top of the other, so you're able to connect the dual-up ergo monitor to, you can connect it to two computers and control the view, uh, control and view the content in one place. So you can have one computer for your top half of the monitor, second computer for the bottom half of the monitor. So ideal if you've got maybe a desktop and a laptop, you can combine them, so the two displays in one place. It uses, it connects via HDMI, It's got one upstream USB-C port, two downstream USB-C ports, two cables to the HDMI display port and USB-C port, so you can utilize a dual monitor setup on the one screen without any additional software, without any shortcuts. It is also height adjustable, so you can uh, make it move it up and down, and also tilt and swivel it, pivot it for a more comfortable view. Very important, and if you uh, would, would like more kind of more space but in one footprint, you're able to do that. The LG Ergo Dual Up Monitor. It's actually the LG Dual Up Ergo Monitor. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it is worth checking out. The pictures, uh, just to understand the shape of this thing, it is different to any other monitor you've seen. It is priced at 1299 bucks, which is, when you think about it, about the cost of two monitors, but in this instance, the two monitors have been stitched together and you're able to view them with the, the – it takes up the space of a single monitor. So check it out at Tech Guide. the LG Dual Up Ergo Monitor. If you want to take a closer look, check it out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to TechGuide with Stephen Fennec. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable for regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. The Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web for your personal details and, if discovered, will notify you. The 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. With real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, parental control to help manage your kids' online time and school time to manage your child's remote learning, a password manager to generate, store and manage your password and other credentials more securely. There's also SafeCam safe for PC and SMS security too. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones and tablets is available online at aunorton.com or an electrical retailer. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our friends at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. They have a range of products including magsafe cases, audio products, cables, you name it, they have got a product to help you. belkin.com/au. Now, I've got a few I've had a few questions recently from readers and listeners who have had a problem with their device, their their smartphone or their hard drive and they are unable to see or ret- ret- retrieve the data from that particular device. So I had two separate emails just in the last couple of days. One was from a, a, a listener who had an issue with their hard drive. It was making this clicking sound. It wouldn't mount on their desktop, and that is the first sign that your hard drive is on the way out. Uh, the other was a listener, a reader, who said that they dropped their phone and the display. They couldn't see the display properly anymore, and there was all this stuff on it that they wanted to retrieve, including pictures of his late wife. Uh, so it all—it always comes down to data that you you want to keep. Of course, it's got sentimental value. In this instance, it's uh, photos and videos. In other instances, it might be important work documents or other things that you need to store and back up. Uh, but the question was, what do I do if I can't get to these to the data? Now, there are services that offer data recovery. And in this instance where the, the hard drive, for example, has, has become faulty, what they usually do is take that hard drive out of that system and read it with their own equipment. So that, that's that professional retrieval that is, that is available. Uh, pricing depends. I think they charge per gigabyte or per, per megabyte. I'm not sure how it works, but there are plenty of services that offer total data recovery. In some instances, I've heard of cases where a hard drive has been, uh, there's been a house fire, the hard drive has been burnt, but yet the disk inside was they were still able to retrieve the data from that disk. So in those particular situations, if they can retrieve data in that instance, then if there's a simple fault with your drive that it can't be read properly, you're still a really good chance of being able to retrieve that vital information. It also applies to the phone as well. My suggestion was to connect the phone via USB to a computer, and often it does mount uh, like, a, like an external hard drive or a USB drive, and you're able then to, to jump in there and perhaps drag out photos or whatever it happens to be that you're after. Again, if that doesn't work, then those professional data recall and recovery services can help you there. Of course, the ideal situation, the ideal solution for all of these things is to have a backup. Now, I understand in the case of the hard drive, that in fact could have been the backup, uh, but then the original files would still have been on the computer. So you if you do have, especially your phone, if you do have a cloud backup, then problem solved. You've got a safe, safe storage, uh, whether the device is damaged or stolen, God forbid, you still have that recourse where you can rely on that uh, cloud backup to still keep your files safe. I highly advise people to have a backup because e- even in the instances where they have a ransomware attack and and, and please tell me that you've got internet security uh, and you have a backup because if that happens, you're protected.' You, there's, no, there's no threat because you've got a copy of your files that's not on your computer. Uh, And it's all good. So you can ignore those, those those emails. So a backup is really important in that instance. But also if, God forbid, something happens to your device, something goes wrong or it's lost or stolen, you do have that backup, something that is really important. And that there is the end of our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you need to find out more about anything we've spoken about on the show, of course, you can see it and read it and enjoy it at techguide.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you too. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at info at or... Click on the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the website and that will also get an email to me as well. We'd love to thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.